Welcome to Monkey Off My Backlog, the podcast where we exercise our pop culture demons by tackling our media to-do lists one week at a time. I'm your host, Sam, and with me is my co-host, Tessa. Hello. Back today for the second part of our Oscar discussion are Megan and Jack. Hello. 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 Are we doing another two and a half hours or... <laughs> my goal is to always have people be sick of hearing my voice. <laughs> never. We're never sick of hearing your voice. All right. So before we get into the, the acting categories, I just, we talked a little bit about this last week. Of course, the different guilds vote on the different categories, except for Best Picture, which everyone gets to vote on. That's for the nominations. For the final show, everyone votes Okay, for, for, for them all. Okay. So, all right. Yes. That's something good to know. That's kind of what I wanted to do, is I wanted to clear up a couple of things. So you cleared up something I didn't know we needed to clear up first. So that's good. I have a pretty decent idea of how that kind of ranked choice thing for best pictures works could one of you maybe explain that a little bit more i think i only have a a pretty high level variation of it but there's a certain threshold of basically a number of votes that uh or like a percentage that a movie has to be voted best picture on so basically they take everyone votes they rank the 10 movies they take all the ballots and they go okay if we take everyone's number one choice you know do we hit that percentage uh, I don't know what the percentage is. I think they're intentionally vague on some of this. Or, I mean, it could be less since there's so many options. I don't know if they redid it. But, you know, let's say it's 50%. They take, you know, all the number one votes. If you don't hit 50%, you know, let's say we'll go CODA. Let's say CODA hits, you know, 30% and that's the top right now. Then they say, okay, we add in everyone's second choices. And I don't know if there's a weight to say, okay, if the movie you put first, does that give it more weight? I don't think so. I think it's basically like, okay, now we just add in a whole other batch and let's say, code is a lot of people's second choices now suddenly it's 50 percent of the total list i think that's how you win and that's why people think coda will win jack in the in the last week since we talked has that coda discussion solidified do we know do we know more i think people say that if it will kind of depend on how the show is going and like if we see power the dog kind of pick up in some unexpected places then power dog will probably win but a lot of people think that Coda's just so positive that it will probably win. Jane Campion's comments <laughs> last night about your beloved Sam Elliott that was, uh, might actually help her. Will probably help her that win was director. Great. Yeah. She also wish. made the perennial joke about P.T. Anderson's name during one of her acceptance speech for... And I could not tell from his reaction if he thought it was funny or... Like if he was struggling to hear it, if he thought it was funny or. If I just want, dumb. I think that Fiona Apple, even I know they're not together anymore, obviously, but I think that Fiona Apple should accompany him to all award shows so we can get like a, um, a visualization of his mood because when she was with him, that, that I love his shot of like when he lost for Magnolia, she's just ready to get up and like, like punch somebody in the face. <laughs> You don't think my you don't think Maya Rudolph would do that? <laughs> no, for I just I no, I mean Maya Rudolph's a great actor and 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 can emote very well, but there's nothing like 
Fiona Apple, this like tiny person who will like just come at you and rip your face off. That <laughs> I, you just can't duplicate that is what I'm, or replicate it, I should say. So is that same process how the other categories are decided? No, just best picture. Nope. So is it a winner take all situation? It's, yes. So the guilds do the nominations. Everybody's in the pool on voting for the actual award and it is most votes wins. Yes, and I would also, instead of saying guilds, I would sure. say branches. Yeah, I couldn't remember branches. All right, we're learning all kinds of things. I mean, today. at this point, you know, when, when we talk about things changing week to week, uh, we've hit the final, like, you know, votes are in, the deadline's gone, the show's in, you know, a week and a half. But it is, I mean, I don't know why it does seem to, like, anything that can kind of be working in your favor seems to help <laughs> in a weird way, even though the die's been cast. <laughs> weird (laughs) right so then even like when you're looking at the baftas and you're saying okay you know troy kotzer who we talked about last time seems to be kind of a lock you know i think when you see someone like that win a bafta after they've already had such a good run up until now like it's not changing anyone's votes but we're assuming that people who voted for him in the baftas and are in the academy are similarly voting Okay, you just you gave me an on-ramp for this <laughs> category discussion, so let's take it. Let's talk about actor in a supporting role, uh, that category. So the nominees in that category are four that we've talked about, and we'll get to them in a minute, but let's talk about uh, the nominee and, their, and his film that have, we did not talk about last week. J. Jonah Jameson, also known as J.K. Simmons, <laughs> is nominated for the... J.K. Simoniest, well, I can't even say that because he's also, there's a Spider-Man movie this year. Um, This is a very (laughs) J.K. Simmons role. This this could be the guy from Whiplash walked in and played on I Love Lucy, right? J.K. Simmons is nominated for Best Actor in a Supporting Role for being the Ricardo. So before we talk about the category, let's talk about the Aaron Sorkin of it all. Briefly, Megan, how did you feel about being the Ricardos? I just hate being the Ricardos. I know that I am the, I, I'm somehow, well, it's because I complain about Aaron Sorkin a lot, but uh, I've become kind of a, a, a known Aaron Sorkin. What's the opposite of a defender? Uh, I like to tear him down. Defender. <laughs> I was just going to say hater, but, you know. I just find it, I I find it fun to, to, to talk crap about Aaron Sorkin. I don't know. Um, (laughs) I I think part of it's because like, I mean, you know, if you're like watch the newsroom, you'd be like, oh, you may in 2022. It's you, you, he, he just very much is a certain type of writer, which I don't dislike. I mean, I, I freaking love the social network. I like a lot of his stuff, but you know, even watching this, I was very much like, Okay, uh, like I, I find the subject interesting. We talked about this a little bit, uh, very much like a movie about show business and that aspect of it I did like, but there's just always gonna be some Sorkin-y moment where, you know, someone's giving a grand speech and, you know, even, even when you're saying these are people who are constantly performing, I just can't get over, no one speaks this way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and J.K. Simmons did get one of one or two of those speeches right. very much. Uh, Jack, what were your feelings? I thought the movie was an Oscar movie through and through in terms of what the kind of movies Oscars voters like to see. 
I thought some of the performances were fine considering they were cast. I thought the movie was poorly cast. Um, we'll get into some of those decisions with some of the other nominations this movie got. Uh, J.K. Simmons was not as same problem with, I had with the casting, but I thought he w- was doing a J.K. Simmons role in while playing still a real life person. So like he had to be restrained in the way he not always is, but for playing a real life person, I feel like he was playing kind of true to what my understanding of that character is. And then Megan, if you want to see if you're fascinated or if anyone's fascinating the story, there's actually a new documentary on Amazon called Lucy and Desi made directed by Amy Poehler, but I recommend. I haven't, I haven't watched that yet. I missed it uh, during Sundance, but I could see me enjoying that more uh, just because, and I don't get me wrong. Like it's not, it's not, unenjoyable but i do sometimes like those very performative oscary you know movies or speeches sometimes can kind of take me out of things and uh it is funny you know jack i had someone i was like oh i just feel like it's such an oscar movie you know and he was like you love the oscars and i was like i don't know how to tell how to explain this to you (laughs) (laughs) i don't know how to explain this i think this movie really solidified for me that i don't like biopics i like documentaries and so i haven't seen the amy poehler documentary either but i do love Lucille Ball and and Desi Arnaz. I I grew up watching I Love Lucy, and so that is something that's very interesting to me. Now, the one thing I will say about this movie that I did really enjoy was the structure of it. I I am a sucker for any movie that has like a a very clearly delineated timeline, and I liked the idea that this movie walked us through a week of a live television show. Like, you know, the first day is the script read through. The second day is, you know, this, this type of rehearsal. Yeah. This day is blocking. And we have to have I this wrapped that... up before the newscasts next weekend, basically. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so I, I really appreciated that aspect of it. I do enjoy it. And I thought that aspect was really well done, but yeah, like, I don't really, I I just, I'm to the point where I just don't really need to see actors with prosthetics doing real people. I'd rather see a documentary that's really well put together about these people. But J.K. Simmons, he was fine. I, I felt about his performance the way that I felt about Judy Dench's performance in Belfast, which we talked about last week. Like, did you give this to him because he was in a movie? Like, you know, he's a wonderful actor and I, I think he's fine as Fred, but he's not doing anything that I would consider like, I, I don't even think this is a stretch for him. I feel like this was just cashing a paycheck and, you know, he was good. It wasn't great. So that's kind of how I felt. I also, there was some discourse around this movie, which I generally try to avoid, but as much as I also love Javier Bardem, He's not Cuban and he's not Desi Arnaz. But I guess we, we will talk about that. I actually, think they we were like, along. he's very charming. And I was like, yes. <laughs> but that, things yeah. will end there. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I guess I this I hadn't really thought about the differences between bio, biopics and documentaries before and whether I liked one more than the other until I saw this movie. And then I was like, Aaron Sorkin, at least you made me realize something about myself and my viewing habits. Yeah. And I've been a longtime complainer about people only 
about like, you know, awards bodies only recognizing performances that are biopics because they are uncanny. And I'm like, I think there is like an incredible skill that goes into like an, an impersonation, you know, uh, an impression. But like, it's like when I watch something that's like, you know, maybe like a more, you know, an, an original story. And there's like, you make me fall in love with a character I don't even know. Like, I'm like, like Tessa, I'm inclined to enjoy a movie where, you know, <laughs> Lucy Arnaz is the main character. So I'm like, you're not, you're almost starting with a cheat code there. <laughs> or when like, or like yeah. when we were talking about Darkest Hour, I was like, yeah, we all know Winston Churchill. So like to be like, wow, he looks just like Winston Churchill. And that year when he beat Timothy Chalamet for Call Me By Your Name, which I don't stand by in hindsight, but at the time I was very upset. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I have some problems with that. Although I don't mind when historical figures show up in movies that are not biopic. It's just, for me, a biopic is just like, why is this necessary? Like, you know, like, what are you telling me that's new about this person's life that I couldn't learn by reading about them or seeing a good documentary? It's hard for them to be, I don't like about it. Sorry, like an audience surrogate, you know, because. Yeah. These these are very well-known people. (laughs) Right. The other thing I didn't like about this, and I said it to, to Sam at the time, I just remembered that I had said this, is that the other problem with biopics like this one is that you are seeing it so filtered through Aaron Sorkin's lens of who these people were. And he, this is spoilers, he hits the... He hits the the Lucille Ball was only a card carrying communist member of the Communist Party because she signed something when she was 18 years old. He hits that really hard and he keeps trying to tell us that he she wasn't actually a communist. But the truth is a lot more complicated than that. And she did sponsor a lot of television programming like Star Trek, the original series, which is very much a socialist communist thing she did have a lot of ideas that were not pro-capitalism even if she wasn't you know fully invested in the communist party and I feel like after watching that I really had I haven't seen the newsroom but I've seen some of the speeches and I was like this really feels like someone who's trying to associate American ideas with like a certain vision and so that really bothered me the lack of nuance in that particular story and I think it was like it was almost like he like because there's literally like one scene where Lucille Ball goes um like I didn't just check a box like this is how I feel but then it's like just kind of swept under the rug so that I can end with this big speech and everything goes on and hunky-dory and everything's fine all right, now that we've exercised our Aaron Sorkin demon, let's talk about the category. Not anything else. <laughs> so we have, it'll be a very long podcast. <laughs> so this category is uh, Ciaran Hines, Jesse Plemons, Cody Smith-McPhee, J.K. Simmons, and Troy Kotzer. Does anybody else have a chance at winning this category other than Troy? And should they? I don't think so. Maybe earlier I would have thought Cody could have been in, but I don't think so at this point. I think Cody probably had a stronger chance before Jesse got nominated. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, it's the two and actors then, from one movie canceling yeah. each other out. Yeah, which didn't happen. It didn't happen last year, but I think because Troy's been picking up all the awards since, I think it's Troy's. Yeah, the, just very briefly, Sierra Hines again. Fine. I felt like there were just a lot of acting nominations this year that were like this is fine this is a fine performance it doesn't need to be i thought he deserved it more than than judy dench but he still wouldn't have been in my five (laughs) 
Right, exactly. It was fine. Yeah. I would have named, nominated Jamie Dorman, Dornan over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think Troy Kotzer is, it's, he, it, this is a rare situation where he's my favorite, but also I think he is also favored to win. That's right, guys. He is your Chadwick Boseman lock of the year. I was going to uh, say, I was like, we can't me. actually, that's, I mean, you yeah. know, we're all just Speaking of. <laughs> okay, so speaking of, actor in a leading role. So we've got, we've already talked, and so we'll come back to them in a minute. Benedict Cumberbatch, Will Smith, and we just Tessa just touched on Javier Bardem. So let's talk about the two new movies new to us, this discussion in this category. First, Denzel Washington is nominated for his portrayal of Macbeth Macbeth. Sure. That it's, it's That's his first and first, last name, yeah, Macbeth. First and Macbeth. last name, Macbeth Macbeth <laughs> in The Last King of Scotland by Joel Cohen. <laughs> William Shakespeare's The Tragedy of Macbeth. Directed by Joel Cohen, not to be confused with the 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 movie from years past, The Last King of Scotland, which was very good. So we watched this movie a couple of days ago. I did not like it. I felt like you take a very short drama of Shakespeare and hack so much out of it. It doesn't do anything anymore other than have some really interesting production choices. Denzel didn't do anything for me in particular because the the play was made so bare, which is a good idea when you've got Hamlet, which is four hours plus. Thanks, Kenneth. But it, this didn't. I don't know. I I this didn't work for me, and I'm really kind of sad that this was my Denzel for the year. Other thoughts. You know, as far as as far as Denzel getting nominations goes, this wasn't a Roman J. Israel Esquire year, which is a role he was nominated for. And I watched that movie and I was like, I do not understand what's happening here. <laughs> Maybe that was just me. But um, I think the strengths of uh, the tragedy of Macbeth are much more visual. So, I mean, I, I liked this movie. And I think, you know, a good actor doing Shakespeare is always interesting. But we're also so spoiled for Macbeth adaptations, you know. Uh, it's it's hard to say that the acting specifically is what stood out to me here. So because it did, <laughs> I definitely agree with that. I mean, the things I liked about it, the movie are definitely the production design. I definitely liked. I think the interpretation I've gotten with the casting. Well, most of the time when I've watched Macbeth, it's younger people playing the Macbeths and they're on their way up trying to uh, take power where this was a different interpretation where it was like their last chance to have power. And like the famous speech for Lady Macbeth kind of hits differently about not it having children. It doesn't work. <laughs> Made me so angry. I think maybe because I always expected Denzel Washington to be nominated. I not, was not surprised. I thought... He did a good interpretation. There are definitely other actors from the year, but I would have been happy to be nominated over him. But he was not. I, if I'm going to eliminate someone from this category, he would not be the, my first choice. Javier Bardem would be my first choice to swap. Jack, out can I guess who you'd slide in there? <laughs> I felt 
felt like there was some really cool visuals in this play. Like I, like Sam, I didn't think that I thought that the sum of the parts was greater than the whole of this particular film. To me, this film read like a very, very expensive page stage production of Macbeth. Like even the sets felt very like stage like, which I think is actually kind of an interesting choice. And I really loved the imagery was really interesting. The witches were fantastic. I've never seen anyone do the witches that way, which I thought was was really cool. And I really liked the ways in which the uh, the bird imagery was very interesting and the ways in which they played with like, is this really happening or is this all in his mind? And that that was all really cool. The performances were fine, um, as, as I think everyone has said. You know, they're they're both great actors and this is Shakespeare and Shakespeare is not easy to do. And I think that we, we can acknowledge that while also saying that those these are not perhaps the best Shakespeare performances we have ever seen for these particular characters. But they are certainly not the worst Shakespeare performances I have ever seen from actors. <clears throat> Keanu Reeves in Much Ado About Nothing. Hey, but he's you very know, like <laughs> He is very handsome, and I do love Keanu, but he's he was not great at reading the lines yeah, in that no. in that particular production. Keanu is too modern for that. <laughs> and and this is a really good place to point out too that when you know the Academy Awards, it's a lot like Top Chef. You're judged for the meal that you put in front of the judges, except all the times when you're not right. So I I think it's probably ridiculous to think that anyone who voted for Denzel Washington is doing so solely on the back of this performance, which, you know, there are worse times when that's happened. So I'm, I'm trying to pick my spots and be kind of restrained about some of these other movies, but I want to talk a little bit about the other new to this discussion movie in the acting category. Uh, Andrew Garfield is nominated, not for his role in another movie that's nominated, later, but for his lead role in Tick, Tick, Boom. And I just want to say a couple of things really quickly. I saw Rent for the first time, the film version, during the pandemic. It was a new thing to me. I did not know that Tick, Tick, Boom was about Jonathan Larson. I did not know this story I did not know that Tick, Tick, Boom was a one-man show that he wrote. I did not know anything about his biography except for what Tessa told me, and I forgot. I did not know that Lin-Manuel Miranda directed this. Why is this movie not nominated for Best Picture? It's so good. I love it. <laughs> I understand why he's not nominated for Best Director. Like, you can't nominate them all. Okay, fine. Why is this movie not... not for, take Don't Look Up out. As I said last week, I liked it, but I didn't think it needed to be nominated. This did. This was great. Andrew Garfield is who should win in this category. 100% final yes. answer. Why am I wrong? You're not. Yes. You're not wrong. 100% not no, wrong. No one's disagreeing with you on this. Stop trying to set up false conflict. <laughs> no, that's it. I mean, so. We all want to win. Okay. Okay. I think Will Smith all right, is so, great and Kate Richard, but like this, this just hit for me. And it's because I'm a musical theater nerd. I know what I'm being pandered to. And yet I'm, I'm pandered to me. <laughs> that's what they call it, Manuel Miranda, the panderer. <laughs> So I so I guess hold on. Well so we'll circle back to Tick Tick Boom in just a second. Are we saying 
that Andrew Garfield should win, but Will Smith will. Yes. Okay. Yes. Now back to Tick, Tick, Boom. <laughs> it was so good. It's so good. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Megan likes it because of the musical nerdism of it all. Jack, how did you feel about it? I feel like if I saw this in high school, maybe I would have been a person who went to theater all the time instead of being afraid of it because of my natural stage fright. You can still be in theater with stage Any fright. Any movie that I inspires you to manager. get more into art, I think is a good thing. Yeah. I, it's the soundtrack that I've listened to the most times. Somehow my wife is not annoyed with me yet for listening to it all the time. I have pre-ordered the vinyl coming in June. I'm very excited for that. Uh, probably will rewatch it sometime between now and two weeks from now. I loved it very much. I have not stopped thinking about it. I've watched the side 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 by side videos of Andrew Garfield and Jonathan Larson performing thirty ninety next to each other, and it's scary how how he got the head movements very on correct. Maybe because I saw it on a plane, I definitely got very teary at the end. I cried at the end, and I was not on the plane. I thought (laughs) we we had discussions earlier uh, today. We've watched eight movies in the last three days. This was the one that got me. This is the one that I cried during. Yeah, yeah, I definitely cried more during non Best Picture nominees this year than I did during Best Picture nominees. This was definitely one of them. He's so good in this. And we were just talking about how I don't like biopics, but this I don't feel like is a straight up biopic because it it owes so much of its DNA to the one man show Tick, Tick, Boom. It is a musical production primarily. Um, It's it was created with the intention because this was like my friend was like, okay, well, why this over Bohemian Rhapsody? This was created with the intention for these songs to fit in like on the first go round. We're not just squeezing them into a plot, which I'm not against. I love Mamma Mia. We all know. But and then also, I don't know Jonathan Larson's like mannerisms. He's not well known enough to me, at least to where like it is. I think it's very impressive to watch him like side by side with Jonathan Larson. But having even if you don't see that, I think it's still an incredible performance. All right. If you haven't seen Tick, Tick, Boom, please watch it now. Watch that instead of like five other movies that we've talked about. (laughs) Uh, The same thing with Spencer, but we'll get to that. But first, before we get to that, let's talk about actress in a supporting role. The only time I ever use the word actress is when we're talking about Academy Awards. I don't like that. That word should die in a fire. So uh, we've talked about every... All four of the nominees, Ariana DeBose, Judy Dench, Kirsten Dunst, uh, and Anjanou Ellis, we've talked about. This movie mystified me, and I've been looking forward to hearing what uh, your takes are, uh, Jack and Megan, on The Lost Daughter. Uh, Jesse Buckley, nominated for The Lost Daughter. Jack, start with you. What's up with this movie? So I really liked it. I'd be interested to watch it now as a parent. And I'd read the book, I think I read the book like a couple weeks before I saw the movie. And it, it felt very true to the book, but also kind of, you were able to get a little more, it was nice to kind of see how other characters kind of interact with um, the character. I thought both Jesse Buck, I thought Jesse Buckley did a great job playing a young Olivia Coleman, even though they don't look exactly like, I feel like some of their mannerisms, they were able to 
mimic each other's mannerisms. You can definitely see how Jesse Buckley feels in the past version leads to who she becomes as the Olivia Coleman version. And I thought, I love Jesse Buckley. I will try to seek out anything she does. So I was very ex- surprised and very happy when I saw she got nominated for this since she did not get nominated a couple of years ago for the movie Wild Rose like she should have. We can talk about Wild Rose um, today, Jack. Glasgow not getting if, nominated out forever. It should have won that year. <laughs> so I definitely recommend The Lost Daughter to people probably. Except, And then, but always curious what parents will think of it because it is such a movie about parents and trying to both be able to be a productive like be able to work and also have children and how sometimes it's really difficult can be very difficult to be both which is something i'm just starting to learn you make i mean you make a really good point about you know how this movie is about parenthood more specifically motherhood i guess i i should have led with the fact that if you're not familiar with this film uh, it's about an academic having a midlife crisis, and they go to the beach in uh, it's Greece, correct? Hijinks yep. ensue. But the the comments you made about you know that Jesse Buckley is is doubling Olivia Coleman earlier in life, and that is a that is a, a a job. I mean, that does up the level of difficulty, right? So for sure, uh, Megan, what did you think? Yes, I really like this as well. This is one of those things that I like something like The Lost Daughter, like dropping on Netflix uh, is definitely one of those things that I feel like is not always a given to get Oscar attention. I think it benefited from having Olivia Coleman, who's had such a run these past couple years. So I really enjoyed it. But uh, whenever something like this, like, you know, gets sneaks into categories I wasn't expecting, like Jackie, Jesse Buckley, uh, you know, that really excites me. So um you know this was not my this wasn't even my top uh academic gets away uh for the summer movie of last year but i did enjoy it (laughs) yeah there were so many moments in this where i was like i mean i'm not a parent and so i i can't speak to like the parented aspect of it but i can speak to the academic aspect of it up to and including someone during a conference presentation, basically being like, I have more of a comment than a question, which is like the, <laughs> the bane of like the academic the existence. The last thing anyone wants to hear. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no, that is something really bad is about to happen if you if you hear somebody say that. So uh, the thing about Jesse Buckley in this though is that I believed she was a younger version of this character in ways that I don't think I always have when watching this kind of story. Mm-hmm. Like Jack mentioned, she gets a lot of Olivia Coleman's mannerisms or Olivia Coleman gets some of her mannerisms. I'm not exactly sure what's happening here. And I would have never thought these two people looked like each other until I saw this movie. And they didn't use any prosthetics or any kind of like Nonsense. like facial alteration or anything to make that happen. And I, I think that that takes a lot of talent. Do I think that she will win this category? No, but I did I do and I did think it was a very fine performance. I think I want to watch this movie again because I was so 
this movie for me was like my experience watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where I spent the entire time in the theater afraid of the ending. Like I was like, I don't want to see this ending. And then it turned out that the ending of that film was completely different than what I thought it was going to be because Quentin Tarantino messed with history again, which is great and fine. And so I wanted to go back and rewatch that movie because I feel like I would have enjoyed it more the second time, knowing yes. like that I wasn't so tense, you know, ready That's for that ending. with everything. I, <laughs> yeah, I felt that way with The Lost Daughter as well, mainly because I really wasn't sure what was going to happen. And there are some kind of disturbing things that kind of get brought up in this film. And that combined with the title, I was like, I don't I don't want this movie to be like about child murder or yes. something like that. And it wasn't. And so, like, I feel like I would actually enjoy this a lot more a second time around. <laughs> yeah, that's and I, I have like kind of that thing where it makes me laugh anytime I recommend a movie to my mom it's specifically if if someone loses track of a child. So uh, I don't know if we're going to talk about the movie. Come on, come on. Uh, it's not nominated for anything, but I don't know if you saw it. But there's one scene where, spoiler alert, for just a moment, he like loses track of the kid, but he gets the kid. It's it's not a spoiler or anything. But um, and I was like telling my mom to watch it. And I was like, but FYI. <laughs> He, he gets the kid. Like, don't freak out. Right. He, he does get it. It's does the dog die? Yeah. Does the child get lost? Exactly. Yeah, that's the only time I want spoilers is when there's like an animal. I'm always like, does this animal face peril at any point during this movie? Yeah. Like, that's the only time I want to be spoiled on something. It's yeah. what we call the John Wick comic. And that's why mom yes. says, I can't um, watch a movie if I think a child will go missing. Yeah. So, I, you know, Tessa said, you know, perhaps this is not enough for Jesse Buckley to win. I I would add, correct me if I'm wrong, Megan, that this this category is too strong for Judy Dench to pull the undeserved legacy Oscar, which like has happened, so. of course. I'd like to think so. I always do worry when there's a lot of when when there isn't an obvious, you know, like when you when there isn't like a Troy Kotzer that they're like if people all get split and then some people are just like, Oh, Judy Dench, I'll just check her name. But in the past couple... Is there an obvious choice in this category? I don't know. I don't think so. I mean... Because, you know, I we, we talked about how we've heard a lot about Ariana DeBose. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, what better way to celebrate Will Smith than having his, you know, acting opposite also win? Yeah, but I also feel and, like you sometimes... You know, Kirsten Dunst is there, too. Kirsten Dunst is there, and that's who I want to win. Let's go, Kiki. But anyway, um, <laughs> but I also think sometimes, like, I mean, and maybe this is just how I would think, but I could see if you were, you know, sitting at your ballot and you said, okay, like, Will was the highlight of King Richard for me, and then you'd be like, okay, I'm not voting for any West Side Story anywhere else. I'll give this to Ariana DeBose or something like that. You know, I could see someone saying, like, I think it's rare that people are like, all right, I'll vote for like these two leads unless it's their number one movie of the year. And based on how things are going, I don't think King Richard's are, is many people's number one. See, for me, I think Ariana DeBose is the front runner of this category. I could be wrong. I think she is too, but I don't I think it's a wrong lot. before. I don't think it's like, right. you know, I mean, I, I think it's a loose... I mean, this whole category is so wonky, honestly. The both both categories are kind of weird this year. (laughs) And I think that's a testament to just how many good movies there are. I I mean, uh, you know, the Academy still somehow makes its boneheaded choices and what gets left out of which category, but there's a lot of good stuff here. Um, Watch this transition. It's super fun. Uh, We just talked about Jesse Buckley's turn in The Lost Daughter, and we're going to talk about Olivia Coleman's. Uh, nomination here in a second, but 
you know, we're talking about the lost daughter of the movie. We have a lost father, the person. Uh, Jack has stepped away for a minute, so we're going to continue on because he told us to. With actress in a leading role. So as I mentioned, Olivia Coleman is nominated for that older version of uh, Jesse Buckley's character, or vice versa, as you like it. Uh, Nicole Kidman's turn as Lucy. But we also have Jessica Chastain in the eyes of Tammy Faye. Penelope Cruz in Parallel Mothers and Kristen Stewart in Spencer, all of which are excellent movies that didn't get the recognition they deserved. (laughs) I'm a big Spencer head, so. (laughs) Should Kristen Stewart win and will she? Could she? I think Personally, I think she should. I don't think there's any chance she will based on the run up to here. Oh, wow. So I don't know. I feel like weirdly in, to my to, to me right now, like Jessica Chastain is the one with the heat. So one biopic beats another. Yeah. Yeah. Again, we're back <laughs> on the topic of biopics. Uh, let's let's just talk about the eyes of Tammy Faye for um, no, wait, maybe Jack will be back by the time we talk about that. Let's talk about Spencer for just a second. As somebody who just finished uh, last month, season four of The Crown, finally at long last, there's a there's a brief monkey check-in for you. I got to see this happen basically twice, you know, dramatized twice. This is uh, a film set around the Christmas holiday that culminates with Princess Diana saying, that's it, I've had enough. And everybody who's been waiting for Kristen Stewart to just come through and and show those, you know, not be a punchline anymore, uh, which in many ways I think she was to a lot of people. I don't think anybody on this podcast, but this is it. And then, of course, her acting partner from Twilight had his own moment <laughs> very recently too, but she is just great in this role. And I don't know what else to say about it. It's a, it's a fascinating, odd, surreal movie in which she just does the work. Yeah. I think she's, I think she's excellent in this. I actually don't like, I, I prefer Jackie to Spencer as an overall film, but I think she's just so excellent in this. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been a, a big Kristen Stewart apologist um, you know, the, the worst type of person who anytime someone makes a joke about Twilight is like, well, have you seen her all of her Asias movies recently? She's been working with a lot of interesting French directors, uh, which people love to hear. Um, and then, and then I come back to it and actually, you know what, Twilight, she's doing exactly what is asked of her. So, um, that's true. Yeah. Absolutely true. So, uh, I, I really liked her performance here. And, you know, I, I'd be happy if she won. I don't see it happening just because, I mean, like, she, I, if I'm remembering correctly, got snubbed at the SAG nominations, didn't even get nominated. So I, I just don't think there's going to be enough going on. Jack, what did you, we're talking about Spencer as a film and specifically Kristen Stewart's performance in it. What did you think about Spencer and this performance? So I really liked, I appreciated at the beginning, they essentially said, but it's like a, I think was a fairy tale or something. They had a description of it. So like kind of what you know, but it's not, these are not exactly what happened 
that weekend in history. Once I realized it was like a gothic story and the kind of like a Rebecca type story, I really dug it. Uh, Pablo Lorenz Jackie is a very beloved movie of mine. So I was very hyped for this movie, the combination of Pablo and Kristen Stewart. I And it lived up to my expectations. I thought she, for considering my concern, Kristen Stewart is not British. She does not normally look like that. I thought she did a great job. Um, she, in her scenes with her sons, I thought she played the role very warmly with them. While, and then you could, in this interpretation, you can definitely sense her fears about the rest of the family coming, like being after her. So you definitely kind of really felt like you were in her head a lot of the time. And I just thought it was, her performance was really strong and I thought the movie was also very well done. And if I was voting, I'd vote for Kristen Stewart. I don't think, I don't know if she'll win. This is the the most of, I think maybe of the full length categories. I think this is the one that is maybe the most up in the air. And I have no idea where it's going to land considering all different actresses have been winning in the BAFTA. None of these actresses were even nominated. So it's such a toss-up of who's going to win. But Kristen Stewart would definitely get my vote if I was voting on these five. Yeah, I I personally loved Spencer, again, weirdly, because I went into it thinking it was going to be a straightforward biopic. I didn't know anything really about it as a film. And it ended up being more of, like, like you said, like a thriller or there's some real horror movie elements to this as well. Like... I think when we talked about it on Wild Pretty Things, Jack, somebody made the comparison to The Shining. There's a lot of like those types of of references in there. We're going to talk about the score later, I'm sure, which is also excellent. I will say that I really appreciate when a movie like this can make an argument about a person like a historical figure that I've never heard before this movie makes that argument by really tightly identifying Diana with Anne Boleyn never thought about those two in the same sentence before but this movie does a really good job of of selling that parallel and I really I was blown away by that I was blown away by Stewart's performance I feel like those of us in this room knew she was a good actor like I I don't think that's surprising to any of us but it was really cool to see that recognized even if she doesn't ultimately win not to us but the general public (laughs) has been disrespecting (laughs) Kristen and Robert for too long (laughs) it's true it's absolutely true we have another biopic of course in this category well actually we have two other biopics in this category but we've already talked about being the Ricardo's uh, Jessica Chastain in the eyes of Tammy Faye. I mean, this is a story I was pretty familiar with. And I this is probably the most excited I've ever been about Jessica Chastain. Just ever. So I think that I think that says a lot for the quality of this role. If you if you don't know the the Bakers, um, the story of of uh, uh, Jim and Tammy Faye, televangelists. 700 Club always seemed to be on the TV when I was growing up. Not because anybody in my household watched it. It was just always, you know, on some channel that I skipped over. This was really interesting. And and I thought that it, the, the film did a really good job of 
dealing with a complicated person because Tammy Faye is part of this very parasitic organization that's part of a larger parasitic network of parasites. But she's also just a beloved figure to so many people and genuinely tried to do the right thing. I thought they got this pretty well in the film. Ultimately, I won't be upset if she wins. Just wouldn't have been my first choice. But it was a good film. Jack, what were what was your take on Eyes of Tammy Faye? As a person who lives in the greater Charlotte area, it was nice to wa- see a movie that I get to learn about local history. <laughs> because I'm not from here, I, didn't, I definitely knew their names, but I didn't really know much about them. But parts of this movie took place within 10 minutes of my house. I just want to say, Jack, as a former public school teacher in Charlotte, the Observer definitely does print lies from time to time. Like, Tammy Faye was right about that. (laughs) (laughs) That that took me. It's definitely the role that I've been most excited for Jessica Chastain since I really knew who she was. My favorite role of hers will still be the first movie I knowingly saw her in, which was The Tree of Life, as the mom that everyone hopes to have. I thought she did really well with this role. God bless her for putting on that makeup (laughs) every day. Um, Apparently it was damaging to her skin for a while after or at least she said that to maybe help her off no, if you're packing, I don't know you're taking but, on that uh, much makeup I you're, she, you've got clogged pores <laughs> but I thought she did really well I'll be curious to know which scene they choose as her Oscar clip <laughs> I have a couple in mind I'm hoping it's a singing performance but I feel like it's going to be the interaction with the teacher yeah. um, on the yeah. television it seems like the consensus is kind of moving her direction in terms of winning. And I wish it was for a movie I loved more, but I can't deny her performance in this movie. Yeah. For me, it was just, this is a biopic. Like it was a good biopic, but it, it kind of lacked any of the, the things that got me really excited about Spencer or tick, tick, boom. It, I mean, for me, it was fine. It was good. I didn't know much about Tammy Faye either. I come from a very different branch of, of Christianity, even though I'm well aware of of Oral Roberts and Jerry Falwell. Ugh. Uh, D'Onofrio <laughs> did a very good job with him. I just have to point that out as well. But Playing the kingpin, the real, if you The will. real villain of <laughs> nice. the story. But... I, I mean, and like, I will admit that movies that deal with religion in a semi-sincere way, like this one does, are, it's kind of a turnoff for me because of my own baggage. But I recognize that it's my own baggage. You know, I, it doesn't really impact the quality of the film. It just, you know, it was fine. I liked Tammy Faye and I found it more entertaining than I anticipated. Um, you know, when I was sitting down to watch this, I was like, okay, I was really seeing this as I need to check a box because uh, I think like Tessa, this is just like, subject matter alone not my you know number one genre but um but i i mean i i did enjoy it and i and i learned something so (laughs) all right the final nomination in this category is penelope cruz as always doing good work in an omnivore film now tessa and i have already had our say about this movie uh, a few weeks ago on the podcast jack megan you care to weigh in? So I really like this movie. I thought uh, Penelope did a really good job. It kind of not 
I can't expect anything less than what she does for Pedro. It was not always an easy movie to watch. I took it was very soap opera, which I know in his other movies it was very in line with that. It was a definitely a happy surprise to see that she got nominated in this category, even though she was like on a lot of people's lists. We don't always expect like necessarily a foreign film to sneak into the acting categories for better and for worse. And so I was definitely happy to see that she made it here. And I honestly, if she won, I don't think I'd be upset for the five actresses here. I would be happy if they won. There's one that I definitely am rooting for more than any the other four, but there's, I'm happy with four of the five nominees and I was also enjoyed seeing a movie set in Madrid after having lived there for two and a half years. Her performance alone, I actually really, pref- I think I thought she was so excellent in Pain and Glory. She probably would have been on my nomination list for that year. So if she wins, I'm going to be like, oh, great for Pain and Glory. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I have to also say, uh, we've talked, Sam and I talked this about this in the, the other episode for Monkey Off My Backlog, but it just now occurred to me that we have two married couples across the acting categories this year. We have Jesse Plemons and Kirsten Dunst and Penelope Cruz and Javier Bardem. Yes, fun. So always fun when that sort of thing happens. Okay, we had so much to say about Aaron Sorkin and being the Ricardos that we really didn't get through much besides the acting categories today, which means we have a lot of categories to talk about. So come back on Wednesday for the final part of this conversation. In the meantime, you can find Jack on Twitter at JackTweetsLife and on Letterboxd at JackLovesMovies. You can find Megan everywhere online at SpellMegan. You can find Tessa on Twitter at SuelaTessa and me at Sam underscore Morris9. Send us all of your Academy Award thoughts Find us on Twitter and Instagram at monkeybacklog. Email us at monkeyoffmybacklog at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes and follow us on Stitcher, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Get that monkey off your back.